You're listening to the profession's greatest physical therapist, Their Past, Our Future podcast. We're your hosts, Ethan Mitchell and Joey Stewart, first-year physical therapy students at Angelo State University. This is the podcast that is made to inspire pre-PTs, SPTs, and current physical therapists to become the greatest versions of themselves, physically, mentally, academically, financially, and spiritually. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to The Greatest Physical Therapist, Their Past, Our Future. We are honored today to have a special guest, uh, Dr. Steve White. He is the owner of the Dallas Run Clinic and is a very experienced runner himself. How are you doing today, Steve? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Heck yeah. Let's go. Pleasure to have you on. And... We and our listeners are very excited to learn more about you and what you do and how you work with patients. But why don't you go ahead and start off and just mention how you got started in your running journey and how that transitioned into becoming a physical therapist? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so so my journey with with running started back, uh, give or take, like late middle school, something like that. Um, nothing, uh, nothing in the epic sense. Um, it was more spawned by like, just like a realization that I had become like pretty unhealthy. Um, you know, kind of your typical, just like playing a bunch of halo, um, and, and, you know, staying up late and and not really doing much exercise. So it was just kind of born out of necessity to kind of like, Hey, I got, I guess I got to get moving and like be healthier. Um, and you know, and I think that's how, you know, I think that can be a lot of people's stories. Um, and then you get into it and realize like, oh, this is pretty fun. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of built up along the way and then, and then eventually joined, decided to join the cross country team in high school. Um, and, you know, was like dead second to last in, in the first like time trial. I, I remember um, just giving all I had, it was like two miles on the track or something and just like getting burned by everybody. Um, but it was still just like awesome because I had never really raced. I think I'd have won 5k before that. Um, you know, so it just evolved into like, you know, okay, maybe it started for, for exercise, but then, you know, kind of the joy of racing and, and training and all that sort of stuff, um, kind of came about after that. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, kept, you know, stayed with it through high school, uh, and, and then in college kind of got more on like the half marathon and marathon scene and didn't, you know, run at a school or anything like, you know, competitively, but just kept doing it. Um, and then, you know, went to PT school and running's just been like a common theme throughout my, my life, I guess, since I started. And so it was very much an interest of mine through undergrad and PT school. Um, and when I started out as a physical therapist, awesome. That answer your question. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it, having the full story more so a while back when I went and visited your clinic. That was really great. But it seems since you've done so many races at your clinic, I saw you had, I don't know, maybe 400 racing bibs or <laughs> <That's your laughs> probably clinic. not 400. Uh, but yeah, I kept, I've kept all of them since like I started uh, racing and put them up on a board. So yeah, that's super cool. Uh, the whole wall yeah. of just racing bibs. I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned you started off real slow and then you've really gotten into running and 
you become a really good runner. So that just goes to show you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. So I think um, yeah. that was a quote I really love. That's you know, good. you just got to keep at it for people out there who are considering running like, oh, I suck at this. Um, that was myself as well. But you get better as time goes on, of course. Um, yeah. And- yeah, totally. And, and, you know, there's there's always like a faster runner. Like, I don't think of my, you know, you say like, I'm a great runner. It's like, oh, I don't think so. You know, because it's like there's people, you know, using my race pace for their conversation pace, right? And, and, you know, same thing for, for me. And, and so, yeah, you know, it's kind of, I think what's cool about running is, is, you know, we're all linked kind of by this common journey and, you know, the times matter, but, but they also don't matter. Right. It's like, I have so much in common with, you know, somebody faster and slower than me, just because we participate in the, in the same process, you know, it's no easier for, uh, you know, I think there's a famous quote, I can't remember who it's by, but, um, it doesn't get it doesn't get easier. You just get faster. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of more so better to look at it as a competition, just first yourself, your past self. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So Steve, you mentioned you went to physical therapy school, you went to Oklahoma university and um, I think you practiced for a little bit for a clinic and then you jumped into owning your own practice. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I came out of school and worked two, two and a half years for uh, someone else um, at like a private practice, uh, kind of a general orthopedic with like a little bit of a sports slant um, before I kind of delved into doing my own thing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what drove you to jump into entrepreneurship and working more specialized? So with runners. For sure. Yeah, I think it, you know, I never going back to like BC school, I was like, Oh, it'd be, it'd be great to work with runners. Like that was always a dream, but it, I wasn't necessarily one of those people that was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur from like the get go. Like that, that wasn't like, um, where my head was at, but ultimately I, you know, was in this job a couple of years and it was, it was good, but just kind of started to find myself being unhappy, um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think we, spend all this time in school and, and, you know, kind of chasing the graduation and passing boards and, and getting to the first job. And, and then you kind of get there, and you know, there's still stuff to figure out and, you know, where you want to be and, and, you know, places from that, um, where, where you're trying to head anyway. So yeah, just kind of wasn't super happy and, and wanted to make a change. And, uh, you know, I, I think had I found someone that maybe was, doing what I wanted to do that I could work for. Like I I probably would have been happy just to go do that, but uh, there wasn't really anyone that was kind of doing it. So I said, okay, well, and of course with the encouragement of my, my wife, because I don't think I ever would have taken the the jump without her, but uh, yeah. So it just kind of became something that's like, all right, well, if it's not out there, I kind of have to create it. Um, And, and so put my kind of notice in it, at my job and, and got a, part-time job. Cause I, I didn't want to go kind of full, full on at the beginning. Um, and, and then just kept, kept plugging away and still, still plugging away. So. Nice. When you decided to make that transition, did you have it in mind already? Like I'm want to open up a running base clinic or did you just kind of plan, like kind of gradually plan your way into that or how did that work? Yeah. 
I thought about it quite a bit. Um, and there was a little bit of a struggle cause, uh, you know, I, I, I passed the OCS at that point, did like a orthopedic residency and, and, you know, was just working with a whole, you know, slew of different types of patients. So I felt like it's like, Hey, I, I can do so much. Um, but where my interest really lied was, was with runners and that kind of what really like got me going, you know, to learn more and, and, you know, um, it got me really excited. So, so ultimately to answer your question, I, I did kind of say, no, I'm just gonna, just gonna kind of do this running specific thing and, and really just target this, you know, niche, um, which again is a struggle. Cause I think we can, as PTs, we can help so many people. Um, but it, it kind of fit my personality more to say, okay, well, I can help these people the best because I can really drill down and, and get good. Whereas I think I had trouble being a little bit more of a generalist. Um, cause I just felt like there was, I couldn't learn everything about everything. Um, not that I know everything about running, but, um, I was more comfortable kind of niching down and saying, Hey, I'm going to go deeper on a, on a shorter amount of, you know, or deeper on a narrower subject. Yeah. And I mean, that makes total sense too. And, um, I, Thing, like the cool thing about entrepreneurship and I kind of thought about this as you talked about it was um, you have that ability to specialize and um, for lack of a better term, I mean, kind of like create your own clientele, which is you know perfect. And it's good that you have that self-awareness too of like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And this is what I think I would be best at. So to be able to have that like kind of self-recognition is perfect. And I think would probably validate your decision too, even more. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. It's like the, the great thing about, you know, there's, there's so many pluses and minuses about being an entrepreneur, but I mean, one of the great things is like, okay, I can, I can kind of call the shots and I, and I can, you know, really drive this ship, like where I want it to go. Um, just by, you know, who I'm trying to reach. Yeah. That's great. And I think there's a lot of different great things about being a specialist, you know, one being the financial side, people are willing to give more of the resources for someone who has greater expertise in an area. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing I'm wondering, that's like, I guess, a pain point for myself and doing future entrepreneurship is that it's all on me. You know, I have to wake up every morning and I have to be fully accountable to myself. And I'm wondering, has that been a struggle for you to, um, you know, have things planned out for you to do and execute them on a daily basis to get where you need to go? That's a good point, man. And, and I think, um, you know, I think it's, I can draw some parallels maybe between being a runner or, or just an athlete in general, but um, being a runner and being an entrepreneur, but, but I'm going to specifically say runner because it is a largely individual sport. Sure. If you're doing cross country or track, you're on a team and, you know, points are trying to be scored, but at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to you. So I guess in a lot of ways, like I'm really used to that um, in, in like my athletic pursuits. And, and so it lended well to, um, me doing that, you know, in the entrepreneurial world. Cause it's like, I just have an understanding of like, well, if I don't get out of bed and go run and, and execute whatever workout I'm trying to do, well, that's 
that's it. It's, it's kind of the same thing with, with business. Um, and, and I think everyone's different, you know, I think like, you know, I'll, I'll use my wife again as an example. She does not like running. She's much more like a team sport person. And, and so for her, she says all the time, she's like, I don't know how you just like, you know, and for the listeners, it, the, my business, it's just me. I don't have any employees or anything. Um, but she's like, I don't know how you do that. Like, I need to feel like I'm part of a team and like talk to different people. And, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm totally fine doing that. Um, you know, which I get is not everybody. So, and I think you can be an entrepreneur and, and be on a team too, you know, it's, so it's, it's, again, goes back to, you can kind of figure out how to slice it. Um, but, but yeah, to answer your original question, I, I think, um, that's just, you know, not a struggle that I necessarily have. Um, but, but I could see that, that, that would be a problem because, um, you know, there is no one, you know, standing over me saying, Hey, get this done. It's, it's just yeah. up to, up to me. So. Yep. And the other thing on that, that I want to tie together is I heard you say earlier that like you were just excited about working with runners. And so I think that's part of your vision, assuming just making an assumption, part of your vision that allows you to be so consistent and show up every day and not have that struggle. So totally, man. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah, you know, it's like, I remember sitting in my car before my previous job and, and, you know, there were a lot of okay things about it and, and good things about it too, but there'd just be like people I'd think about on my schedule, you know, that I just would kind of like sigh and, you know, get kind of sad about <laughs> versus like, you know, runners tend to be a great population to work with, um, you know? And um, so I, I think it's just, you know, we're all on our journeys trying to find out like, all right, where am I going to fit in with, you know, working with who I work best with and who I can, you know, be my best with, um, or if you're in a situation where you, you find you're having a hard time, be your best, then maybe it's time to make a change in, in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since you've kind of worked in both realms, like a more general ortho and then a more specialized area with runners, what's the big difference in working with runners versus working with any other kind of athlete or even just general ortho? as far as like approaches and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the main differences there is runners are really motivated um, because they kind of know it's like, okay, I, Hey, if they're troubleshooting an injury and they've got a race on on the line, it's like, I've got to do this and get it and get it done. So, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll see people, handful of times, you know, spread out over the course of several weeks or, or, you know, maybe even longer, um, where, where I'm kind of, you know, making sure they have command of the program and and what they have going on. Um, but, but I'm not, you know, seeing them multiple times in, in a week or, or things like that. And that's just how I set things up. Not that you couldn't do that, but I, I think runners lend themselves to that as opposed to, let's say just like a, you know, a post-op patient that you need to kind of be monitoring and, and, you know, being with more often. Um, so I'd say that's one of the the big differences. Um, you know, uh, it's also probably, I, I see much less post-surgical stuff because running injuries can be managed conservatively for the most part. Um, so those are probably two big differences. Okay. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot too about like, the runners that I've like worked with so far, like they're um, 
they're always very motivated. They don't look at their injuries like a crazy setback or anything like that. And yeah, they usually don't need to be, you know, hounded like, Hey, are you doing your stuff? Or like, are you doing your stuff? Right. In fact, it's kind of the opposite I've noticed. I feel like half the time you're trying to pull the reins in. (laughs) Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, Hey, how can we, how can we, you know, take away some stuff that that is, you know, too much. Um, But yeah, you're right. So yeah. on the topic of general orthopedic therapists and runners, what is your advice for the physical therapist that is not a runner, hasn't really been a big athlete their whole life, but, you know, maybe they have a runner coming in. Like what are some of the common ways that physical therapists don't fully serve like a runner, um, if that makes sense? Would you know PT that may not be so well versed with sports and athletes? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would probably just go along the lines of like the the pitfall would be that they're gonna the patient's gonna get underloaded or the therapist is gonna um, under underload them with their rehab exercises and and I think that's that's not just with runners. I think that's just with with athletes. Um, you know, like let's just take like someone that's got some foot pathology going on. It's like, they're going to get marble pickups or something like that. It's just like, you know, the runners are having to deal with, with a lot of high loads and a lot of cumulative loads. Um, and, and so you, you've got to get to those. And so I think that's, you know, that's probably a common pitfall, but, but I think, you know, you know, I think the trend is, is getting away from that, at least kind of what I'm seeing. And I think what people are talking about. So I would imagine that's less common than it, than it was, I don't know, 10 years ago or, or something like that. But, but that's probably first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And even myself having a strength and conditioning background, sometimes I'm still afraid to overload my patients, but you know, there's times where it's like, Oh, do I really push that button a little bit too far. Like, I mean, I guess there's not a huge risk of, I mean, I guess the worst thing you can do is make your patient too sore for most, for the most part, at least, but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, that's always the game is, is kind of like, all right, where can I hit the sweet spot with this person where, you know, I'm not, I'm not overloading them, you know, and, and not even making them too sore, but maybe it's like making them apprehensive because it's like, mm. Hey, I'm not used to this. Um, but not giving them, you know, some yellow TheraBand and, and, you know, really light stuff that, that they're going to walk away from and go, well, this is, this isn't worth my time. And, and they're, and then they're going to label this. I've been to PT before and I know what that's like. And they start to look for, for other, you know, means. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Plus a lot of that too, in my head kind of depends on like the pathology they're dealing with. Like, um, yep. cause I'm working with two, well, off the top of my head, two, um, runners right now, one's got an ankle sprain and that's the one, like, I know I can kind of throw a lot at load wise and mm-hmm. tolerate it well. Whereas I'm dealing with, uh, Achilles tendinopathy thing. That's, um, it's an interesting case, and that's one I gotta like be very deliberate on how I load. Um, yeah. So it's just a 
it's always like a fun game of like, kind of like you said, just finding the sweet spot. Yeah, for totally. All types of folks. And it's going to look different for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think that's what we do best as opposed to any other profession is, you know, and I would say maybe some, you know, some strength and conditioning coaches and trainers probably do it really well too. But, um, you know, you know, kind of distinguishing, like, like you're saying, Hey, you know, this person I can be, um, a little more aggressive with, and, and this person's, you know, tendon is really irritable. So, so I know I have to kind of play things, you know, a little more conservatively. Um, so, so one of the things I do, you know, almost with, anyone coming in, um, you know, depending on the diagnosis is, is, you know, I say, Hey, we're going to try to find an entry point into loading. Um, cause loading is, you know, as y'all know, it can be typically the solution for a lot of things. Um, but I think it makes sense to people when, when I take them through an exam and say, Hey, we're going to start from easy and we're going to go to like harder. And, and we might run into a spot where, you know, the tendon starts to get a little mad at us. And I kind of want to know, you know, when we bump up against that, cause then we can come back below it and, and work there. I think, I think that resonates with people because they go, Oh, that makes sense. Um, and then you can literally just, you know, increase the intensity of the exam, you know, double leg squat to single leg squat, you know, doing things like that and and kind of get pretty darn close. So. Yeah, for sure. So Steve, I believe earlier you mentioned that you saw someone that was doing something that you wanted to do. Can you talk a little bit about, who were your mentors in this process of becoming an entrepreneur or just a, a run coach? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so big shout out to Nathan Carlson and Chris Johnson. Um, you know, I connected with them years ago um, and, and they're both kind of running specific physical therapists Um much more well-known than me. So if you're listening to this, you probably know them. Um, but yeah, I, I connected with Nathan first and, and he kind of, uh, introduced me to Chris's runner zone. It's, it's a, uh, group of clinicians that are all kind of running focused and, and there's a Facebook group that he runs. Um, anyways, and that's how I kind of got in with that. And then, um, along the way took some courses from them and, and some mentoring from them. Uh, and yeah, that was just invaluable because I, I feel like, you know, you, you mentorship is so helpful because it's like someone has done all this research reading and, and thought about this stuff and they can just like jumpstart you like nobody's business to where it's just like, Hey, here's what you really need to know. And you go, okay, cool. I'll just, I'll learn that. Um, so, I mean, they've been like super helpful. Uh, and I would encourage anybody listening, if you're interested in running, take their bones, tendon weights and whistles course. Um, yeah, you, you'll, you'll be glad you did. Let's go. All right. I definitely got to now. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you, you will not regret it. They're, they're just, yeah, they're the experts. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really great to hear for our listeners, especially new grad PTs and student PTs, because, you know, there's this, these big two words, residency and fellowship, which of course can be amazing paths, very amazing paths to take, uh, especially for like manual therapy, but Sometimes there is alternative routes, like just finding a mentor who's really good at what they do and Mm -hmm. taking courses from them or um, learning from them. So, you know, whatever specialty your field is, there's people out there that are really good at it. And, you know, 
like Steve said, they can really jumpstart you in your, your practice if you get to know them and ask questions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, kind of want to pick your brain about some, um, and this is some I heard from my CI who had a student who went to like a Greg Lehman course some time ago. And, um, they had mentioned basically long story short, the way that you want to work with a runner dealing with an injury is you want to do things that look like running, um, mm-hmm. exercise wise. And, uh, just want to hear about your input on that, your approach to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think you can have a foot in both camps camps here um, because I, I think there's some, you know, there's some reason to make things look like running. Like, let's just take a, like a step up or a step down type exercise. It's like, all right, well, you're cycling through a very similar amount of knee and ankle range of motion. Um, you know, it's, it's very similar to the demands of running, right? So it's, it's training the muscles and the range of motion you need and the balance and control. So it's like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but, but, you know, you'll listen to maybe someone like Greg Lehman and, and he'll, he'll maybe do that exercise, but he'll say, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to let my knee cave in 10 times, um, you know, caving in or going into valgus. And then I'm going to take it the other way and do it 10 times. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go more for comprehensive capacity. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think there's a, an argument to say, hey, yeah, we need to make this look like running, um, but also know that the form might not have to be perfect if we're just trying to build capacity. Um, and then also we could say, well, it doesn't need to look like running, like a, like a back squat doesn't really look like running, but it, it can have some you know helpful benefits. So to answer your question, if I'm writing a program for somebody, uh, yeah, I'm going to include something that um, has a neuromuscular control component that, that kind of can mimic, um, some of the movements we have to do when we're running, but I'm also just going to have basic, you know, squat, hinge, push, pull, carry type movements that may not really look a whole lot, lot like running. Um, and, and then, yeah, appreciate that, you know, form is important and, and the way we move, I think is important, but you know, it, it, doesn't have to be perfect and, and we're all going to be a little bit different in how we move. And I, I get the sense from seeing some of y'all's podcasts and stuff that y'all, y'all are kind of uh, in agreement with, with that thought. Um, so yeah, what do you, what do you think? Cause you you said your CI was, you know, kind of saying that, what, what did you kind of take away from that situation or thoughts there? Um, I mean, I definitely agreed with it. Um, and my perspective on that, I mean, it's, kind of also like a patient perspective like both times like both times when i went through my acl rehab like the more like i can see it being basketball specific or the more it was kind of like incorporated yeah. the more i was like i guess engaged for lack of a better right. term and um i feel like you can almost say the same for runners if you can see like get them to see like hey this is kind of like a running like motion like you'll have a little more buy-in per se and they'll totally definitely feel like they get a little more out of it. And um, I'm glad you kind of brought up to like just the things that don't look like running that are still pretty fundamental and are still going to help a lot because I feel like it's easy to get so caught up in that you forget about the fundamentals and like just the basics that are going to help tremendously. Yeah. 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 And and you bring up a great point too, because it's like none of this matters if we don't have buy-in. 
and, and someone doesn't want to do it. And, you know, we kind of talked about how like, well, runners are pretty good about this, but you know, we can find that too. So it's like, you know, maybe you, you make some, you know, certain exercise choices because they've mentioned, you know, Hey, I really think that, you know, I saw so-and-so on Instagram, famous runner or whatever doing this. And so I probably need to incorporate some and, and maybe it's something silly. Right. But maybe you say, yeah, okay, let's use some of those. And and then while we do those, let's do some of these too. You know, so I think we're always kind of just trying to, you know, help someone make change and, and, you know, there's concessions on our end sometimes when we do that. Um, So. Yeah, I think that's important that there's concessions on our end. Like we may like be want to be like this, come from this like high, like moral uh, stance for like, oh, uh, I never use passive <laughs> treatments. You know, that's not evidence-based. But if like yeah. runners like, oh, I want to use some uh, gasha or scraping, like it's like who who are we to shoot them down from something like that? And um, like maybe not something I would first jump to, but if someone's like really into it, like if you think it works, like why not? Why not try it? But yeah. And uh, regards to the uh, like functional movement, I had some thoughts on that as well. Um, I think it's important to not only train like the sagittal plane, I think it's important to also, because running it's like mainly just sagittal plane movement, but lots of times we have injuries that uh, come from like lack of, as you could say, frontal plane strength, like, or maybe a better word is frontal plane capacity, like glute medius uh, tendinopathy or, or GTPS or IT band, um, IT band pain. Um, if we don't have that frontal plane capacity for strength or um, our bones aren't able to handle it, um, it's not going to be great for the runner. So I think it's important to incorporate some exercises that don't really look like running like a, I mean, lunges to the side or like um, heel taps from an elevated surface for like, you know, our, our glute mead. So those are some of my um, thoughts there. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it, it's, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're with a runner, we're, we're trying to make them a better mover too. Mm-hmm. you know, so maybe we're trying to load the glute med tendon right and it's like okay there's a number of ways we could choose to do that um but yeah any any way we make a runner or an athlete just a, a better more proficient mover by challenging them in a, in a movement that they're maybe not as as good at as say something in the sagittal plane um yeah 100 i remember um you know a couple gosh this has been years now but summers ago i was out um at a friend's lake house and um i could like water ski like nobody's business but you put me on a wakeboard and like i just like didn't have that you know stability or control Mm. or whatever it was to to be like you know cocked to the side like that Um, and i kind of just attributed it's like well gosh like yeah a lot of stuff i do is is pretty much in the sagittal plane so i was rock solid sitting in a little half squat facing forward um you know controlling that but you know you put me somewhere else and it gives me a challenge um so a nice random anecdote, but nice. Yeah. But Steve, so I know 
you do great with working with runners with injuries, but also know that you also do a lot of coaching. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that works? And like, uh, do you have injured runners that are like, Hey, I really, I really like how, how you do things. Do you also coach? Is it kind of how it goes or. Yeah, that's kind of how it started out. You know, uh, I'd maybe, you know, help someone through an injury and, and, they're kind of on the other side of it. And then they kind of were saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's keep this going. Uh, you know, and at first I was kind of like, well, you know, well, that's, I don't know. I do PT and that's, that's here. Um, you know, but, but it kind of, it's a spectrum, right? It's like, you might have someone injured, um, and, and then they're, you know, approaching healthy. And then you kind of have this weird spot where it's like, all right, well, I'm about to send them back out in the world to, to run and train, you know, so I could also come alongside them there help them through that return to run process um, when they're not dealing with pain anymore uh, and get them training in a, in a healthy manner and then take it further from that and say, okay, well now they're going to go for their, their, you know, personal best or, or something like that. So it just kind of almost evolved out of necessity of, I had these people that, you know, in, enjoyed working with me and got good results and, and they wanted to kind of continue. And then I realized how it's a, it's a great complement to each other uh, because I can, I can take someone that, that whole way, you know, if, if they, you know, continue working with me. Um, and it's fun too, because, you know, I don't know. I, I think one of the best feelings I get from my work is, is maybe thinking back to someone that, you know, started out and they had a tibial stress fracture and they kind of thought like, this was it, I'm never going to get back to it. And then, you know, them crossing the finish line in a marathon. And it's like, to me, that's just, that's super fun. Um, and, and, you know, I think you wouldn't get the the full effect of that process if you just said, you know, Hey, here's, here's, you know, the end of PT, good, good luck. Uh, but again, that goes back to, well, if you're, you know, if you're not in a situation where you can call the shots and, and steer the ship, then, you know, not everyone has the luxury to do that, but it's, it's been fun to, to be able to do that. Yeah, that's super cool. It sounds like it's super fulfilling. Yeah. Very. And I kind of like the fact that you're able to provide that. I mean, continuing with care is kind of how I look at it. Cause you know, even once you kind of get them on a good path, like this just helps them. You know, I don't even, I mean, not even an accountability thing. Cause obviously runners were very much self accountable, but like, just kind of help them keep formulating their plan, tweak where they need to, and just refine it to be the best they can be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the idea of like discharge is always like kind of funny or just the word that we call it discharge. And that's, you know, when someone obviously listeners may not know, it's just when someone finishes PT. Um, but it's kind of silly, right? It's like, you know, I don't get discharged from my dentist or, or, you know, my doctor or other things. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just there, there needs to be a new name maybe for just, okay, this is the re- resolution of this episode of care. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we have so much to offer people and, and we can take it, you know, past their, their injury, especially like y'all who've got, you know, backgrounds in strength and conditioning and athletics. It's like, uh, we've got so much to offer those people having the perspective of how to manage the injury and on the other side of it. So. I like that train of thought. Uh, you're definitely trailblazing past there, Steve. Uh, continue, that, yeah, <laughs> resolution of panic hair. So start calling it that. It, that's too many words, though. It would never work. Uh, sure. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> got it. 
yeah, we'll, we'll think of something. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have any more questions, Joey? No, nah, I'm, well, hold on. Got one. You sure. know what I'm talking about, Ethan. <laughs> um, and this will be our, this is kind of the question we ask everybody. Um, everyone's answer is different and it's honestly a beautiful thing. Um, what is your definition of a great physical therapist? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if I, I've got a good one for this. Y'all, you kind of gave me a heads up. This was coming. So I, I had a chance to think about it. So, yeah. And obviously that's tough, right? Cause it's like, you know, creating it down one definition, you know, for such a broad field. Right. Um, but, but I think what I landed on is what makes part of what makes a great physical therapist is someone that has command of motivational interviewing hmm. or being able to actively listen and then guide someone, you know, where you're wanting them to go, as opposed to, you know, Hey, you need to do this. Um, and, you know, I'd encourage anyone that's interested in this, um, to, to just look up motivational interviewing and there's, there's books out on this, but, um, it, it's just a process of helping the patient arrive at, at a perspective that we might already know. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, maybe I ask a runner that's dealing with an injury that was clearly due to a training error and, and they haven't like said that, you know, they didn't come in and say, I know what happened. I just ran too much. They're kind of just like, I don't know what's going on. And I might say, well, what do you, you know, after I wouldn't come out of the gates with this, but maybe during the interview at some point I say, well, Hey, what do you think, you know, landed you in this situation or, or, you know, kind of caused this and, you know, to get them to go, well, you know, I, I did start, you know, kind of doing a bunch of overzealous track work, um, you know, and, and gosh, work has just been crazy. And I, I think I just think getting like no sleep, you know, and then you say, Oh, well, you know, you know, you think that had anything and like, yeah, that probably, probably did. So ultimately there, you're going to maybe create some real change because, because they're going to kind of have dawned on the answer themselves. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to not hopefully make that mistake again. Um, so very long answer to your question, but again, I think it's someone that has command or at least is exploring this idea, um, of, of, you know, really actively listening, hearing the person, uh, and, and then helping to best guide them versus just, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, um, and that, you know, you can't just be on our, you know, high horse saying, ah, oh, do this, do this, uh, because that might not create change. You know, it, it's a little bit more of a nuanced way. Um, so that's, that's going to be my answer. Yeah. I like that. And sometimes I try and experiment with doing motivational interviewing. I think it's a really good skill to have. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Um, but I bet you can get a lot better with it over time. Um, sometimes I've been successful. Sometimes I just, just ask, I don't know, not very appropriate questions. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so same here, man. Or I'll get like, okay, say that, say that same person. I'll be like, what do you think landed yourself in this situation? And we'll be like, well, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think I just, you know, didn't foam roll enough or, or, you know, they'll just give me something that I'm like, Whoa, that's way off base. And then, okay, well, how do I like bring it back and, and recover? You know? So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of always, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough process to, to really get perfect. I don't think anyone has it perfect, but, but it's just the idea that like, okay, I'm, I'm not up here to, you know, I'm here to help troubleshoot 
what's going on, not give the answers. I'm going to help someone arrive at the solution themselves or, or with me. Um, and, and there's a bunch of like, you know, different strategies and, and ways to do that. Um, but it does start with just being, you know, and I'm sure this gets hammered in everyone's head in PT school, but like, okay, be a listener, be a listener. Um, but, you know, really, really taking in and computing what someone says um, versus just active listening, where it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm shaking my head, I'm looking attentive, um, that sort of deal. Because I think, you know, I'll, I'll give one more short example. Another thing I'll do is I'll say, you know, hey, what, you know, and this will be maybe towards the end, but it's like, you know, what would make this session like a win for you? Or, or what are you hoping to, to get out of it? Right. Um, and, and that'll give me a window into just like what, what they want. Right. And, and not to the sense that I'm just going to like, you know, Hey, crack my neck. Okay. I'll crack your neck. But, but it gives me a window into where they're coming from. So I can start to maybe try to unpack that if it's something somewhere we don't need to go, or if it's, you know, geez, I just need someone to, you know, do an exam, make sure nothing, you know, serious is going on. Cause I'm worried about, you know, I have a race coming up in 10 weeks or, you know, and then you say, okay, well, let's, let's do that. And then now I heard that, okay, they're just really concerned ab- about this because they have a race. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so I'm taking in and processing all that. Um, but, but it takes a lot of practice um, yeah. and it takes messing up a lot too. Um, and people, and, you know, you'll get some funny looks when you start to ask some of these, you know, motivational interviewing style questions. They'll just be like, what? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but then you'll get some that kind of go well and you'll go, okay, that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like it really just gets at the deeper reasoning for why they believe something like, oh, like, you know, like you mentioned, like if they crack, they really want their neck to be cracked because it'll help them in the race. So it's like they really don't really care about their neck being cracked. They just want to get better. And so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so it just helps. I think it helps the therapist and the patient arrive at the, at the same place quicker um, when, when you're kind of using some something like this. Yeah. And it helps them feel like they have an input too, and that they have like a saying that their opinions are respected too. Totally. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, you know, I I think you ultimately want to try to give someone, you're trying to give them ownership of the situation. And that's one of the things motivational interviewing does uh, is, is it puts the ownership back on them, but then you're also trying to help them, you know, realize, you know, mitigate the threat or, or kind of, you know, be, be reassured. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Steve, we really just want to acknowledge you for being a great PT, being an awesome active listener for your patients and being an inspiring role model for other people that who want to chase different paths of PT, whether it be running or something else. And we just want to ask, uh, where can people find you or work with you if they want to you know, get better with their running or even work on a running related injury? Yeah, for sure. Probably my website's probably the best um, place to go. It's just dallasrunclinic.com. I'm on, I'm on Instagram and, and uh, Facebook and that sort of stuff, but I'm, I'm probably not consistent at posting and that sort of stuff. So yeah, best way is just email or, or, you know, pop on my website and contact me that way. All right. We'll link that in the show notes. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate, yeah. appreciate you guys. What an incredible episode with Dr. Steve White. He is an amazing physical therapist and run coach. Make sure to check him out on his website. 
And it would mean a lot to us if you guys could lead up, leave us a review or note on Apple's podcasts or Spotify. That's huge for growing the show and letting more people learn about it and hear about it. And if you've been thinking about it for a while, leave this message common. Just go ahead and do it now because I know sometimes we forget. But anyway, I hope you all have an amazing day, an amazing week, and let's make the most of our life. Let's do it. All right. Have a good one. Bye, y'all.